next year on the Brandon's World Podcast. Brandon's itself is good friend of the show, Jalen Sanders. The duo talk all things sports, including WB Elimination Chamber, all things NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball. The Brandon's World Podcast starts now. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening live here to Brandon's World, here on this Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. You can see I am in StreamYard today if you're listening on video on the Brandon's World YouTube channel. The reason that being is because Zoom wouldn't work for either of us today, but we are here with the one, the only, friend of the show, Jaywin. Sandvik, Jaywin, how are you doing today, man? I'm great. Ready to talk some sports. Oh, I am ready too. And you know, Jalen, we have to start off with something that happened on Saturday night, live from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, WWE Elimination Chamber. Jalen, I got to tell you, there's been a lot of great wrestling, right, over the last six months, obviously. But Saturday night, and we are recording this on Sunday, so the day after Elimination Chamber, what we witnessed that night was, in my opinion, I don't care if it's WrestleMania, I don't care if it's SummerSlam, I don't care if it's Rumble, whatever premium live event you want to put out there. That was one of the best top-to-bottom wrestling shows I have witnessed in a long time. Everybody did their part. There was storytelling. There were spots. There was action. The crowd was hot. Oh, Jay, when I still am buzzing about what took place in Montreal at the Bell Center. Let's just talk about how Sami Zayn, that Friday, when his music, when his original music hit, how loud that crowd was. Just, it was, it was. It was small compared to Sunday. Sunday's crowd was so loud and so incredible. It was like punk and Cena in Chicago all over again. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, it reminded me a lot of that. Uh, obviously, the, the FU Roman chant starting even during the pre-show. Um, listen, man. Uh, and I have said this, and I don't know. We haven't really talked, so I don't know if you're going to agree or disagree with me on this. I said when Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble, and I have nothing against Cody Rhodes in the story, and I understand it. But if I was booking, in my opinion, and I get it was Montreal and the whole thing was crazy, I understand why they did it. But Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Universal Championship had the main event WrestleMania, in my opinion, because I have said, I believe Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going after the tag team titles. There's no, I don't love that story because after they win, like, then what? There's no story for them to branch off. It feels secondary to the main story, which, in my opinion, is Sami versus Roman. I agree. And I think a lot of people said it best. This is another case of. Batista, like you bring Batista back in 2014, right? And but Daniel Bryan is the hottest thing in the company, so it's like you're not these guys, these people don't hate Cody Rhodes, 
they obviously love Cody, loved all his work. But it's like Sami Zayn is the hottest thing going in the world right now. It's it's kind of like I guess you can kind of say Cody kind of came up short with this because it's really not his fault. It's just how the WWE universe is so red hot and excited for Z- Sammy to to win and get that big one. Yeah, Jalen, you know, I said, um, I don't know. I think, you know, is there a way you do Roman versus Cody for only one of the belts? You know, do you make it a triple threat? And, you, you know, you make it the stipulation that the first fall is for the WWE Championship, the second fall is for the Universal Championship, and maybe Cody pins Sammy for the WWE Championship, and Roman pins Cody for the Universal Championship. That way you keep Roman's Universal Championship streak alive, but you give Raw back the WWE Championship. I don't know what you do here, because... Part of me thinks that there there is a reason why I think Roman could be leaving after WrestleMania. I think there's a real possibility that Cody could walk out with both championships. But another thought is like, is Cody the guy to defeat Roman? Because as much as I love Cody and respect him since he came back last year, he is not in my top three of guys that should dethrone Roman. And in no order, I would say Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, or the man who formed the shield with him, Seth freaking Rollins. Those would be the three main choices I would have to dethrone Roman. So I don't know what you do in that situation. There's so many scenarios, but it's just the way that WWE decides to run with it. Like they could do so much, but either way, if Sammy's not involved in some way, shape or form, they're taking a loss here. Like they are taking huge amount of criticism so Sammy has to be there some way, somehow. What are your thoughts on the uh, woman's uh, elimination chamber match that, of course, saw Asuka and Bianca Belair? Now Asuka obviously winning the chamber. She will go on to face Bianca Belair for the Royal Women's Championship of WrestleMania, as well as Rhea Ripley, of course, who won the Royal Rumble. Uh, and and now will challenge Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Do you like the booking of either of those women's matches? I like Asuka, and I like her new her new face paint, her new gimmick. I, I like it. I like it a lot, and I really, really, really want to see Bianca lose. I am so sick of Rhea, of Rhea Ripley, of Bianca Belair. I want a new champion. I want something different. Um, and, of course, you know I love Mommy. I She, she is a... Uh, she she's great. She's one of the best we've seen out of out of the whole COVID era, era. And then when she fought Charlotte last year, I I liked her. I was there for it. I was here for it. I liked the whole idea. And I've been invested in Rhea since since she walked onto that Raw stage with her NXT belt. I was invested. See, I, I've never really been the biggest fan of Asuka. I thought she's always been a little bit overrated in the ring. I don't think she's very charismatic myself. 
Uh, and Rhea, I think, has really flipped the page since joining with Dominic and Finn and Damian Priest in, in the Judgment Day. Um, but, you know, as much as the woman as WWE have right now, I think losing Sasha Banks and Naomi have obviously hurt the company. Uh, and, you know, I don't know. I almost would have felt like I think the biggest WrestleMania match you can make on the card would have been, you know, uh, maybe a Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Becky or Bailey triple threat match. Uh, you know, maybe Bianca versus Rhea Ripley then for the Raw Women's Championship is where I would have went. I understand where they're going with the story of, you know, obviously Rhea Ripley uh, losing the NXT Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 36. Now Rhea looking for her revenge. But I I don't know. I guess I'm not the biggest fan of Asuka, which is why I'm a little sour on Bianca versus Asuka, though I do agree with you. As much as we all want Bianca Belair, as much of a star as she is, I believe, uh, her championship reign has gone on a little bit too long, but I don't think it's necessarily her fault, Jalen. Uh, I just think they don't have a lot of credible heels right now, especially on Raw and SmackDown, for that matter. I agree. I think um, I think what needs to happen is Charlotte needs to stop being a nice girl and go back to the heel Ric Flair-esque queen of WWE I don't like Charlotte as a face. I'll tell you that right now. I don't. I don't. I I think she's better as a heel, but I'm like, again, like outside of maybe Raquel Rodriguez, um, you know, what baby face could challenge over the SmackDown Women's Championship right now, which I think is a problem. I think they will do the draft after WrestleMania. I think it will shake things up. I do think, by the way, Rhea Ripley does walk away from WrestleMania, the SmackDown Women's Champion. I think the Judgment Day will move over to SmackDown during the draft. Um, on Raw, I think Asuka will win the Raw Women's Championship. You know, maybe Bianca moves back to SmackDown after the draft, and that's Ripley's first feud is Bianca versus Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, and kind of give Asuka the new way of a land. Maybe you move Charlotte over to Raw and you put Asuka versus a heel Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. Um, I think WWE has done a good job, Triple H in particular, of bringing back some of the women and kind of lengthening out the roster. But I think the women are suffering right now from, you know, outside of Becky Lynch, Bailey, Charlotte, Bianca, and Rhea. Like, that's five girls. And when you don't have a secondary championship, like an Intercontinental or a United States Championship, Jalen, it's really hard to give all these women credible stories to tell, which why it doesn't feel like they have a lot of depth on the roster. Yeah, there is so many women out of place. And it's not that they're bad workers or bad wrestlers or not charismatic, you know. It's just where are you going to put all these women? Like, And I'm not saying, like, I don't want to see, like, I, I'm, I'm a fan of majority of the, the women on the roster. But you, you, you forget about people like Lacey Evans. Like, if you're a casual yeah. fan, right. If you don't watch every week, like you and I tend to do, even though, you know, I've I've kind of flipped towards AEW, but that's, but like we keep up with the product, like through Twitter, Instagram, social media highlights. But if you don't do that, and you just t- tune in after, after a year of absence, you're like, oh, well, 
where's Lacey Evans? Oh, where's uh, Mandy Rose? Where's Dana Bro- Where are all these talented women that were just B to A-plus players on the card, and now they're just kind of lost in the shuffle? No, it's a good point. Uh, speaking of B-plus to, to A-plus workers, Jay, when I got to talk about that men's elimination chamber match Um, Listen, that was a match that when it was first announced and when I saw the competitors, I didn't really feel like a a big-time, you know, elimination chamber match to me. Uh, I didn't know how I felt about the United States Championship being on the line. Uh, I had booked a scenario where maybe they put the entire bloodline, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, inside the, the, the elimination chamber. Um, which obviously did not happen. I think they made the right call with that. Um, but that was the match we got. And I got to tell you, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Johnny Gargano, Brunson Reed, Montez Ford, Damian Priest. There was a lot of new blood in there. Great spot with Montez Ford climbing the top of the chamber like Spider-Man and jumping off it, which was unbelievable. Um that match to me over delivered, and I'm a little bit surprised that Theory retained the championship. I had thought there was a scenario where I know he was low on the betting line, but I thought maybe Damian Priest of the Judgment Day would walk out of that chamber with the United States Championship. That match was incredible. Can we talk about how Logan Paul, it's a tie between Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. Logan Paul or Roman Reigns might be the two most hated human beings in Montreal right now. Yeah. That those boos were genuinely the most hateful thing besides the FU Roman chance, obviously. Those reactions that they, is Dominic Mysterio too. Oh yeah, that was bad. I see, I was um flipping back and forth because obviously it was all-star weekend, so I'm yeah. watching. And when I come back to my laptop, because I'm streaming on my laptop, I come back and Johnny Organo just Hurricane Rano off the top of the pot is magical. It's just a magical, magical. There's something about watching just this story in this demonic structure take place that was beautiful. Now, can I tell you a story, Brandon? Go ahead. I will forever love Johnny Gargano. Okay. Now, as you know, he's a hometown boy. But when I was younger, my one of my cousin's buddies, best friend from high school, he runs a wrestling company out of the wonderful state of Ohio and the okay. wonderful city of Cleveland. And I've watched Johnny Wrestling progress from wrestling in gyms. And, and I was lucky enough to witness his last independent match for that company. Wow. I, I, I have been lucky to, to speak to Johnny. Not obviously a lot, but just seeing him walk through the tunnel and around the gyms and wherever we're selling out. I've been lucky to witness how good of a wrestler he has been able to be over, over these past five, six, seven years. And then I watched him progress to made eventing NXT when NXT was the biggest thing in the world at the point, at that point, if you wanted to see good wrestling, you would watch Triple H's NXT. And I watched him win the NXT championship. And then 
I teared up that night because I watched that and I feel like I saw that develop. And that was the case last night. I saw the Johnny I saw on the independent circuit. He was doing what he did on the independent circuit. And it was just, it, it won my heart to see. I thought Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, and Montez Ford all made a name for themselves last night inside that chamber. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to do a Street Profits breakup angle, per se, where, you know, Angel Dawkins turns heel. I just think over the draft, you know, Montez moves to SmackDown or Raw, wherever Bianca Belair is, and Angel Dawkins is on the other brand, and we have a new breakup of the Street Profits. Uh, and Montez Ford becomes a star, and, you know, maybe Johnny Gargano goes over to SmackDown, and maybe, you know, he competes with Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship or something like that. Um, but I think all three of those guys, Jalen, just tremendous breakout performances last night and one of the best Elimination Chamber matches we've seen in a while. You know what would be my dream booking Go ahead. For, for Mania here? You have that Elimination Chamber. Uh, just you have you have Montez Ford in there, right? You have Johnny in there, and you have Mr. A-Town himself. Ooh, theory. And you have this triple threat match, and it's just pure wrestling and pure okay. magic. And 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 you 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 could throw anyone else. You could throw Damian Priest in there if you want to. But I'm just saying, watching those, those B-plus guys – take over I feel like that could take over Mania. No matter how good that main event is with Roman or Cody or Roman or whoever they decide to go with here, I feel like people will say, Wow, that triple threat, that fatal four way, that was incredible. That was the match of the night. And so I would love to see that. You know, obviously Jalen last year's WrestleMania thirty eight was truly stupendous. Um, it was filled with magical moments. Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Pat McAfee, the Roman and Brock, the RK Bro, the, you know, every, everything Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn, everything in Wogan Paul and Miz against the Mysterios, everything on that card, Cody returning against Rollins, everything on that card just seemed to click. Uh, but I think this year, going into transitioning into WrestleMania 39, I think it has potential to be a real special event. And I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on it, particularly for one reason, because as we know, Vince McMahon has put the company up for sale for $9 billion. Uh, and I think that this is going to be a showcase. I think, you know, companies that are looking to buy Comcast, Disney uh, are going to be looking at this event. There's going to be, you know, two nights in SoFi Stadium. And I think Triple H is going to put on a very special event. I can hope. Now, what if... I'm not saying it's going to happen. It is very, very slim. What if Tony Khan makes the who per- makes the purchase? You know, I I thought about that. Um, I doubt it's going to happen. Um, now I have been the first up front to say I do not want at all Vince McMahon to sell WWE. Um, I think it should be in the family, Jalen. I think it is the absolute wrong move. I think it was wrong of him to kick Stephanie McMahon out. I, I hated everything about it. When the rumor came up about Saudi, I couldn't sleep at all that night. Just the, the whole thing is not great to me. Um, but if somebody were to buy it, 
I really just, I think it should be Comcast. I think it should be the company that's in charge of the USA Network. Uh, I think that they should just keep everything in charge right now because I think everything with Triple H is working. Uh, I think you need to keep Triple H in charge of chief of content officer. If Vince McMahon wants a small role in the company, he can do that. Um, but yeah, I doubt it's going to happen, but wouldn't that be a freaking story if Tony Khan bought WWE, right? Dude, Twitter would have a field day with that. Twitter would. Oh, my. Oh, Lord. Twitter is just like the wrestling Twitter. If you guys don't know, if you guys are mainly here for the football and basketball, wrestling Twitter is a gem place sometimes. It's a great place. It can be very funny. It can also be very cruel sometimes. Sometimes people are not patient for the story. Um, but speaking of the NFL, Jalen, speaking of the NFL, listen, uh, in approximately nine hours from the time we are recording it, it will be 24 hours since referee Carl Shepard called a flag on James Bradbury in the Super Bowl. One of the, or I should say it'd be a week, not 24 hours, I think is what I said. Um, you can see I'm all mixed up here, folks, because it has been one of the most emotional weeks of my life. Uh, Jay, when I know me and you texted throughout the day on Super Bowl Sunday, I came on here Monday like the man I am. Uh, I came on here and did a podcast on Monday for Inswell, and I said, I'm not mad in particular about losing the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm upset about it. Um, you know, but I can get over losses better than what I have done back in the day. What I am mad about is, and I admit this publicly, James Bradbury got away with a flag in the first quarter. He got away with a defensive hold. Um, they didn't call it. In the fourth quarter of the game, the Super Bowl, one of the most high-scoring, one of the most fun Super Bowls we have seen in a long time, the referees decided the game. And I believe that's wrong. And in my heart of hearts, I also believe if Jalen Ertz gets the ball back down 38-35 with about a minute 50 to go with a timeout, I'm not saying the Eagles would have won the game. But I think Jalen Hurts at least drives us down and takes us to overtime. And again, if we lose in overtime, you know, it is it is what it is, what happens. But it it motivates me, it drives me, and it angers me, and it fuels me, Jalen. That, in my opinion, once again, the officials stepped in and decided the game that should have been decided by the players. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Watching that game, that was probably the best game we had since your Eagles knocked off the Patriots. That that was – I I hoped and I, I – I, I'm the biggest – Pat Mahomes hater. You know this. We've talked about this. Yeah, you know this too. I'm not I'm not the biggest Patrick Mahomes fan either. Um I just there's something about him I don't like. I think the NFL is trying to make him the new golden boy. I know you were never the biggest fan of Brady, uh, like I was, but you know, I found Brady likable. I don't find Mahomes likable. I mean, they were saying all this crap at the parade about everybody doubted them and blah 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 blah. blah and I'm like Dude, they they act they act like they're never gonna lose again. It's like we I believe in my soul, and Jalen, I'm not just saying this as an Eagles fan. I'm saying this as an NFL fan. The Philadelphia Eagles, 
were the best team in football from start to finish this year. Give me all you want about the schedule and breaks and this and that. We played who we played, and we dominated the competition. We proved we are one of the best teams in football. We went head-to-head with Kansas City, and I believe we got screwed by a call at the end of the game. I agree, and uh, let's 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 throw it back to that night, right? T- about t- ten thirty, ten forty-five. Got to go to school tomorrow, so I'm gonna be dead tired. I already know. I'm I'm staying up. I'm finishing this game. Well, the the game ended about ten fifteen, so it was about yeah, nine forty-five. Uh, maybe something different like that. But I was not on my phone. I could not look at it. I, I couldn't. So, again, that's probably why I didn't know the time properly because I was fully invested. I I started watching the game. I was I was with my, my dad. We were in the living room, but he has to work early. So he went in his room, finished the game, laid down. But I was so invested, just locked in, watching Jalen Hurts create magic because that's what it was. This man and Patrick Mahomes – I will give credit to where credit is due. This man probably took like 70 to 80 shots of Novocaine to the ankle or and just uh, he he played on a bum ankle and did what he had to do to win the game. Now I'm not saying that I'm happy that Kansas City won the game. Cause, cause, you know, you know how I felt about that. I, I, as soon as since or since then, as soon as the Chiefs won that game, I texted you and I said, "What fly Eagles fly?" As soon as the final kneel down, because I knew that was yeah. A- I, I didn't even watch the final kneel down. As soon as the ball hit the ground from Jay, when I turned the TV off, I didn't even watch him celebrate. I was so disgusted. Jay, when you could have heard me screaming from where I'm at of my home to Antarctica. Um, and you know, I, I, again, I don't get emotional like that anymore. You know, and I mean, you have talked about this a lot. I've learned to control my emotion. You know, I don't get emotional about these games a lot, Jay, when, but I felt that was our year, that was our team. Jalen Earth played an amazing game, and my defense did not come up big, and my special teams did not come up big. I give you that. Yet still, we still should have a chance to win the game. And also, like, the, the other thing that pissed me off about the whole game, too, was the, the, the field was an absolute mess. Guys were slipping everywhere. I mean, you go back and see the clips on the internet. You know, more so our players than Kansas City. We were switching plates in and out, but there were times where, you know, uh, Hassan Raddick, Josh Sweat, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Javon Hargrave could have got hits on Patrick Mahomes, and they just were were unable to do it because of the field. Uh, I also thought the, the call they made on Devontae Smith early in the first half, that was a catch. That they called back. It took four points off the board, I believe. The play with Dallas Goddard, they allowed Andy Reid to challenge. He should have been allowed to challenge. So it just felt, I mean, I'm not saying the NFL is rigged. I've never said that before in my life. But it feels like almost with sports betting and the gambling and these bad calls at the end of games, like, what are we doing here, Jalen? It's not enjoyable. It's it's not. If, if I... Brandon, I saw this meme, and, and you, 
you, if I said that to you, I saw it the night of the Super Bowl, the end of the game, the final, the like probably an hour after the game ended, I was still up thinking about how we could have had one of the greatest Super Bowls in history, and we could have watched Jason Kelsey sing Fly Eagles Fly again like we did last time. And I saw this meme, and it was a Vince McMahon after the Montreal screw job. But someone edited it, so it said Philly screwed Philly. Uh, and I was like, oh, oh, no. Like that? No. That was so bad. I felt like I was watching the Montreal screw job happen in Philly. Yeah. Like, like. Like the ref was just like, "Oh, throw the flag, throw the flag, throw the flag." Like, By the way, again, uh, last year's Super Bowl, I thought, in my personal opinion, the Bengals got screwed by a holding call. They called on Cooper Cup that wasn't holding. Uh, AFC Championship game, you know, when Mahomes got that weight in out of bounds, was it late by a half a step, maybe? But come on, that takes a sixty-yard field goal to a forty-five-yard field goal. The game's over. Um, I just, I don't. I think Kansas City is good. I think they got some breaks this year. I'm not saying they're not good, but I think they got breaks. Uh, and I don't like, again, the referees deciding big-time games when the players should be deciding it. And I know refereeing's hard. I've defended NFL referees when they made bad calls because they make bad calls on almost every single play you could call holding. But when it's in the playoffs and I, there's this argument, Jay, one about, well, you got to call it whether it's a flag or not. It doesn't matter the situation. I've never been told that. You've never been told that because what we've been told is in the playoffs, they let them play. That's the biggest load of BS I've ever heard because past couple of years, I don't know about that. I, I, I genuinely think that I think they're not letting them play. I think they're letting the penalties fly. That's what they're doing. They ain't letting yeah. them play. So I'm, I'm going to ask you a few questions about the NFL before we move on to our big NBA discussion. Uh, and so I'm going to start off with Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Um, because when I had you on in, in July, and we talked a little bit about this, we weren't sure how the Watson suspension was going to play out. We weren't sure about Kevin Stefanski and his offense. Uh, so I've said this about the Browns this year, Jalen. I thought the whole year was a wash. Uh, I don't care what the record finished. I don't care how Deshaun played. I really think this is the first year to grade Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. With that being said, I don't think Kevin Stefanski is the right head coach for the job. I don't think he shows any emotion on the sideline, which irks me. I do think Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, is a good hire. I think he'll fix the defense. But, you know, I don't know. You know, if you give the play calling to Alex Van Pelt, uh, will he fix the play calling? Maybe, maybe not. I think the Browns scheme is still outdated. Whether they update it with Deshaun, we'll see. Um, but there is some optimism for me with this Browns team. Uh, because of the fact that you do have Deshaun Watson, and if he is at full strength, I think this team does have pieces where they can win games next year. But as a Browns fan, you know, where are you sitting with the whole Deshaun Watson situation? See, I, um, I, I've, I've defended Sean, Deshaun Watson on the field. I don't, obviously, personal issues that he's done, personal things. 
I I never I never looked at that. I've always looked at the skill that this uh, this guy produced in in Houston. He was a top five quarterback in Houston. Pro- prove me wrong. Everybody who says, "Oh, he he's disgusting. He he's a disgusting man." Yeah. So, sir, sure, he's really really disgusting, and he's got some demons, obviously, and 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 some personal problems, right, Brandon? We gotta all agree on that. Yep. But. On the field, this man has produced magic. He's done some great, great things on the field. So I've I've defended that. I've said, don't look at the personal problems because it's what you can do on the field that matters. So what this man can do full full strength, a full season. Now he's able to practice full-time with us. He's able to learn the playbook. He doesn't have to rush anything. Everything's going to be a slow process this offseason, right? He's going to talk to Stefanski. He's going to sit down with Stefanski. He's going to understand Stefanski's mindset. He may even try to manipulate Stefanski's mindset so they're all on the same page, right? So I think we're in a good spot here. For everyone said, oh, oh, I, what was that? He he played horrible against Houston. I thought you paid this dude 200 some million, whatever amount of millions we paid him. I thought this was your franchise quarterback. Well, uh, okay, if I, if I go and I play basketball for, how, how long has he been in the league now? Uh, 2017, so five or six years. Yeah, five or six. If I play five, five years consistently basketball, always practicing, playing pickup games, working on my handles, switching hands, left-hand layups, free throws, if I do that for four years straight, I'm going to be great. I'm going to be hitting buckets, making passes. And then if I if I tear my ACL or, or if I fa- – we'll, we'll make this a little more – reasonable if i fail if i go to the nba and i fail a drug test and i and they say for some god awful reason you're suspended for the entire season i come back i can't practice with the team i can't i i can't look at the i can't look at my current roster i can't watch games i can't sit on the bench i i, I have to sit there and stay home Obviously, when I come back from suspension, I'm going to be rusty. But people are looking at this as, get him out of Cleveland. He's he's disgusting and he sucks. Well, yeah, he sucks right now. Fair. But give him time to shake the cobwebs off, right? There, there's no debate. I've said this, and Jay, when I think I told you this the last time you were on the show, there's no debate. He is better on the field than Baker Mayfield. Um, you can certainly make the argument, obviously, for off the field, and we both understand all of it, but on, on the field, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, your thoughts, I'm going to ask you about another AFC North quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't understand why Baltimore hasn't paid him yet. Uh, we've seen what they can do without him, and that's not score. Uh, we've seen what they are with him, and that is they hold a double-digit weight in every game. Their defense blows it, but they look like legitimate Super Bowl contenders. What I mean, just tell me your takeaway on, on Lamar and Baltimore, because if I'm Baltimore, I would have backed up the Brinks truck for him. 
I, I would have too. This is this is even though he's a risky, probably very injury risk risk player because of he throws his body at defenders. He's willing to put his body on the line to win games. He's not. He's not the best quarterback. He's in no means the best quarterback. But for that offensive scheme that Baltimore likes to run here, this is it. This is your guy. Give him the paycheck. Go try to get one or two Super Bowls. Get some. Try to get one or two, maybe, maybe one more good receiver, and Baltimore could be nasty. I'm going to ask you one more NFL question, and that is on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we all know he's going on a darkness retreat. Nobody knows what the hell that is. Um, <laughs> and listen, uh, Aaron, as you know, is a very special talent. We we can all acknowledge that. Um, but if I'm Green Bay, I thought about this a lot, Jalen. The day after Brady uh, obviously got eliminated by Dallas and then decided to retire, the next day, I thought about it, and I said, you know what? Aaron should go to Tampa Bay. And I said, here's my theory on it. I don't think Tampa Bay should rebuild. I think they have a very good roster. I think they just need a quarterback now that Brady's not there. I think if Tampa Bay was willing to give up Chris Godwin or one of those receivers, you know, uh, to Green Bay, Green Bay gets another receiver. Aaron still has Mike Evans, which would become his Devontae Adams. Uh, and I and with that good defense, I think Aaron can make Tampa Bay work. But I also now look at the NFC, and Jalen, it is not far-fetched. I think you'll agree with me on this. Jalen Hurts is by far, I think, the best quarterback in the NFC. Second best right now, if you don't include Aaron Rodgers, might be Dak Prescott. You know, it, it, it I mean, because I don't believe in Brock Purdy that much in San Francisco. Kyler Murray's out for the year, seemingly in Arizona. Stafford is really danged up with the Rams. The NFC South is a whole mess. Nobody trusts Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff can't play on the road. I mean, if, if you're Green Bay, it's like we saw flashes of Jordan Love. But, man, like... If we just have one better draft and Aaron plays well and we don't turn the ball over, we could be the second or third best team in the NFC next year. So, man, I don't know what Aaron's going to do. Is he going to go to Vegas? I don't know. Is he going to go to Tennessee? I really don't know. Is he going to stay in Green Bay? Probably. Like, what the hell do you think of this man? And where is he playing in 2023? He, uh, as he stated on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, he, uh, he's definitely off something right now. He's, uh, he, he, uh, he's weird. He's a weird one. Okay. Who, who in their right mind says, this is how I'm going to clear my head. I'm going to go sit in a dark room for, what do you say? Four days. Four days. Four days, Rodgers, and then you're going to go on Pat McAfee's show and explain to Pat and the boys how this is going to work. He's going to come out mentally insane. So he's going to go, uh, you know what, uh, just because we're on video right now, I'm going to show all you this. I am turning off the lamp right now, so Colonel, you don't see the brightness on me right now. So I look pitch black, all you, if I kind of zoom in my virtual background here. I'm going to be in pitch blackness. I'm going to close my eyes to pretend like this, right? 
I'm going to be in pitch blackness like this. No noise, no audio, no nothing. And I'm going to do this for four straight days. I mean, does he go to the bathroom? Does he eat? Does he drink? Nobody has any idea what the hell this man's doing, Jalen. I feel like you you have to eat or drink something. I guess I read that this is what the guy who plays the Joker, this is what he did to get in the mindset for the Joker. So what, what is it? Oh. Rogers thinks this is going to clear his head. No, this is going to make him go mentally insane. <laughs> So what? What's your best guess, though? Is it, did he go back to Green Bay? Is he in Vegas, or, or, or where do you think he ends up? Oh God, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Vegas. Like odds are <laughs> Vegas because I guess him and Devontae before the retreat. Devontae said he was in talks with Rodgers. I don't know how true that is. I think that team would be lethal. I'm sorry to Derek Carr because he just lost his spot. Like, he got De- cut. Derek Carr is very underrated. I've said it for years, Jay, and I don't mean to cut you off, but Derek Carr to me is one of those underrated quarterbacks in football. Oh, I agree. Him and Stafford deserve all the all the, all the the flowers in the world. Yeah, yeah, you know my thoughts on Stafford. We've, we've argued back and forth on Stafford, though. I do give him the Super Bowl. Uh, you know I'm not the biggest fan of the Rams or Sean McVay either. Um. But with that, Jalen, you know uh, we got to dive into your favorite sport. You see it on the screen right now. We are talking all things NBA. And when the Kevin Durant trade went down, you texted me and told me you thought the Suns are going to walk away this year. CP0 no more. The Suns are going to be NBA champions. I'm going to let you explain yourself. Okay. And I, I know I know Brandon's take on this. Anyone who listens to to uh, Brandon's world knows Brandon's take on this situation. But you guys, Brandon is a very personal friend of mine. I've known this man for, God, nine years now, eight years? Probably seven. Seven, eight, something like that. Something like that, yeah. That's crazy. But this man knows how invested I could get in a team. I will fight for a team. I will scratch for a team. I will claw for a team. He knows. I did it with the Rams when the Rams won the Super Bowl. I did it with the Lions for years, and I'm still doing it. I'm rocking with the Lions. But this Phoenix Suns team right here, on paper, is insane. This Suns team has Devin Booker. Incredible score. Kevin Durant, best player in the league probably, or one of them, top five. Chris Paul, who, yes, you could say he's old, but he could still pass the ball like no other. And I know you have to be deep in the NBA, but this team has potential to put up so many points and be so offensively dominant that I don't think anyone else in the West could even touch them. Wow, not even touch them. 
that that's an interesting phrase. Um, so I, I said this when the trade happened. And tell you what, I, I, I'm going to take you back to the Brooklyn days. Because before I get my thoughts on Phoenix, I want to say this first. Last year, when it came out that Kevin Durant wanted to trade from Brooklyn, I said, Brooklyn, you better not trade him. And I'm glad they didn't at that time. And by the way, if I was Brooklyn, I still would have not traded Kevin Durant, even if I would have traded Kyrie Irving. Because I believe you have one of the best players on the planet. Oh, as, as I knock down my, my webcam here, folks, uh, because I'm getting so excited. Kevin Durant being traded uh, in, in, in Brooklyn going to Phoenix. I believe that if you have one of the top players in the NBA, you do not trade him. And that is what Brooklyn did sending him to Phoenix. I would have not made the move. But I agree with you. If they are healthy, which is the key, because Kevin Durant has had injuries. Chris Paul has had injuries. They can be lethal. I don't trust Devin Booker on the stage, the biggest stage. I said it in the uh, 2021 NBA Finals when they went up against Milwaukee. I think the West is very interesting because I think you have the Suns who could definitely win the championship. As you know, I still really like Golden State if they're healthy, and that's the key with them if they're healthy. Because Curry and Clay and Draymond, and jo- you know, I said Jordan Poole, they're getting a little bit older, but they have depth, and if they're healthy, they're going to be right there. The Clippers, if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George both play, that is a very dangerous team. Memphis is young and dangerous, though. Again, have they been in that spot and that stage? No. Um, you, you know, the Lakers aren't a very good team, but if they somehow sneak in, you always got LeBron James there. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Denver and Nikola Jokic. Um, but I think I look at the West right now. I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think it is. Suns are in there for sure, but I think you got to put the Clippers and Golden State there. If all three teams are healthy. I give a slight advantage to Phoenix with Golden State in second, uh, Clippers third. But that experience and depth that Golden State has, I know Durant's going to be motivated to beat them. But, man, would I love to see a Phoenix-Golden State Western Conference final. Oh, I would, too. I, w- I would kill for that. Kevin Durant facing the, facing the Warriors in the in the Western Conference finals once again. Oh, it would be great. So, Jay, when – we went to war with that team, and I have called Steph Curry Chicken Curry. You know I have my my good friend that I used to talk to, uh, I-L-Y-S-B-G. He photoshopped me a, a Steph Curry in a chicken costume logo. Um, you, you know our, the Cavs' history with Golden State, and you know how much we, we tend to dislike Golden State, and I've agreed to all of that. But as the Cavs have not battled Golden State the last couple of seasons in the finals – I give Golden State a little bit of respect as much as we don't like Draymond and Steph can be annoying and they can all be annoying, right? But also, it is very hard to go to six NBA finals in the span that they have done. Jordan did it. Jordan went 6-0. Okay. Who who is your profile picture? I understand Michael Jordan went 6-0 in the finals. Yeah, he also never faced a team like LeBron did in that Golden State team. Oh, um, give me a break. I know. Your boy, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Greatest player to ever lace up a pair of shoes. But that's not why we're here, Brandon. So, okay, 
let me ask you this. LeBron, all-time NBA scoring leader, the GOAT, in my opinion. I know not in your opinion. But I do believe, like, and I said this, Jay, when, and I think you agree with me on this. LeBron's best attribute is passing. We never thought he'd be the all-time leading scorer. That is an achievement that I believe helps him longevity-wise. And again, I'm not going to get into the GOAT debate today, but I do believe this. As more time passes, people are going to start talking about LeBron, that he is the GOAT over Michael Jordan, as more people have stopped watching Michael Jordan. But in 20 years, people are going to start talking about somebody else and not talking about LeBron because the people won't be able to watch LeBron. Which, by the way, for the record, and I've been on record on this, the next LeBron, the next Michael Jordan, the next great person in the NBA, Jalen, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's from France, and he's coming out number one overall in this NBA draft. His name is Victor Wembanyama. If you haven't seen him, go on YouTube and watch his highlights of this dude is the real thing. Brendan, I I am actually very, very intrigued now because you're saying a France ball player is going to be the next Michael Jordan. Victor Wembenyama. He Jalen. He is seven foot three, I believe. He's at least seven foot three. Victor Wembenyama. Here you go. Okay, are you ready? He is a seven two, two hundred and thirty pound. 19-year-old man, just turned 19 in January. Jalen, this kid is Giannis with a three right now. Remember it took Giannis seven years to develop? This kid is is what we think of Giannis today with already a better shot and more explosive. And this kid's in college. He's playing college ball right now. No, he's not in college. He's playing professionally in France. So, on this day, February 19th, 2023, Brandon Lewis is going on record now. Oh, no, I, I went on record in, in last week, two weeks ago. So, let's say early February. Victor Wembenyama, listen, we all thought it was Ben Simmons. He can't shoot. Screw Ben Simmons. We all thought it was Zion Williamson. He can't stay healthy, okay? okay. Victor Wembenyama. If this kid, barring any setback of injury, this dude is the next game-changing player. That's why you're seeing all these NBA teams like the Wizards and the Hornets and the Pistons and the Rockets. They're all tanking to get this once-in-a-generational player. I'm excited now. I, I, uh, I directly, after we're done with... The, these recordings i'm going to watch this kid's highlights i will dissect his game i will text you and i will give you the ultimate word on it because you said this kid is Giannis with a three if he is Giannis with a three we're in trouble this entire league is in trouble i believe he will be a top 20 to 15 player next season in the nba his rookie, would this be his rookie year then? This will be his rookie year. And you're saying he's already going to be top 15? Easily. He could crack the top 10 by the end of the year. Oh, boy. This kid's got some skill on him, eh? Victor Wembanyama is going to be special. I mean, you think about the top 10 players right now in the NBA. 
Jokic, uh, Giannis, um, KD, Bron, LeBron, probably Luka. Kawhi still in there. Maybe Joel Embiid, Lucas, Luca, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's. I mean, there's potential there. I believe. I'm going to ask you about about the the East as we sort of wrap up our our NBA talk. Two questions about the East, Jalen. About our hometown Cleveland Cavaliers, I can't figure this team out. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's really special. There's some nights where they can dominate and they look really good, and they look like they're a top four team in the East. Some nights they look like they're not even a playing tournament team. Uh, and I am worried that we don't have a lot of depth. We just got rid of Kevin Love. God bless Kevin Love for giving us the 2016 NBA championship. But I, I don't know about this team. I mean, I think with Brooklyn being bad now, the ceiling is going to be a top four seed in, in the East. But I don't know if they can win a playoff series or not, man. It's like they're a very weird team. I agree. I, I think we we go out sometimes and we when when everybody's hot, this team. When Jetty Osmond giving you 27 and Donovan Mitchell's at 40 and DG's at 10 and 20 and and Karis LeVert's hitting his shots, this team and I I've I've went on record I will I went on record this team could be a second seed. Yep, oh. I said it pre preseason. I said the Cavs will be the second seed in in the East. Now, Boston, Milwaukee, yes, tough teams, but we took Boston to overtime twice, beat them twice. So there's your there's your series. There you're up two zero, and if if we're if we're playing Boston, we're we're up two zero in that point, and we took it. We took if this is series, we're in Boston both times. There's your two zero lead going back home, beat them in the TD Garden twice. Going back home to Cleveland, this oh a lot of people don't understand what sports means to Cleveland. Now you can say oh uh, uh, Foxborough when 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 uh, with Brady or 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 Michael in Chicago. No, this city is a working class city, and all. This brings us together every single year is the Cavs and the Indians, or sorry, the Guardians. But the Cavs and the Indians and the Browns bring some sort of electricity to everybody around the city. That going, if we make this play, this team, if we could just figure out the holes that we we need to cover. Which we did got Danny Green, and I, I, a lot of people said, "Oh, why Danny Green?" Well, Danny Green could still shoot. I don't. I know he's not going to give you twenty to thirty minutes, thirty minutes a game, obviously. But if you need, if you're down six with four minutes to go, throw Danny Green in there. Let him chuck up a few. He'll he'll give you he'll give you what twelve points off the bench. They're, they're, I mean, that all Danny Green needs to provide is six to eight points a game for when Garland and Mitchell are both on the bench. Because the Cavs have no bench. That's their biggest problem. Jetty Osmond, though. This man, I am on the Jetty train. I have been on the Jetty train. 
since day one. I was sitting, if you guys don't know what Youth Challenge is, great program. I was sitting on the Youth Challenge bus, and we just signed Jenny Osmond, and I was on it. I was already there. I followed him. I He was already locked in as my favorite player at the time. Jetty Osmond will always hold a special, special spot in my heart. Yeah, Jetty's back and forth with me. There's some nights I love Jetty. There's some nights I hate Jetty. Um, same thing with Karis LeVar. Karis LeVar drives me nuts. Um, he's a really good scorer, but he doesn't pass the ball. He dribbles really awkwardly, too. Yeah. Um, okay, so on that subject, though, you know, I took a look at the East, and between Philly – Milwaukee and Boston. Like Boston, I don't fear. You know how I feel about Jason Tatum. I don't think he's that guy yet. I don't think he's a dog yet. I think Jalen Brown was the best player on that team in the finals. Uh, Philly, I don't trust in the postseason as great as Joel Embiid is. So I think Milwaukee is your most realistic threat for the Cavs. Like I think Milwaukee went healthy. Middleton and, and Holiday and Giannis, they're the best team in the East. They should get back to the finals. But there's a scenario where it's like the Cavs could be out of the first round. They can also make the conference finals. And and we're not used to that. As, as Cleveland fans, you've said this before. We either suck or we go to the finals. There's yep. no in between here. So this is something new for Cavs fans, because when LeBron came back, we steamrolled the East. No problem. When LeBron left, we sucked. Now we're at this point where we're good, but are we that good? This is the ultimate test. This and, the, is- and it's the hardest place to be in the NBA, Jalen. I've told you this for years. If you're a five or a six or a four seed, like, are you, you would rather be bad and try to get a top pick than be like, you know, the Pacers every year, or, you know, one of those teams that are just like, yeah, we're good being the sixth seed every year. It's like you're going nowhere. You're not getting worse. You're not getting better. It's like, it's awful. Yeah, it's bad. But um, I, I, you want my honest take on this? Go ahead. Mark this down. I think we are going to the conference finals next year. Okay, so not this year. I think this team needs a little bit more time to gel. I agree. I think Donovan Mitchell will be amazing this year. I think this team was amazing this year. I think they... They they lived up to the I mean maybe not all the way but they majority of the hype they were getting they lived up to it they they sure they had some sloppy games but that's just the game of basketball that is you live and you learn from those mistakes but next year Brandon when I tell you this team has a full off season to gel and bond and this team will be a top two team in the East. Is J.B. Bickerstaff the right coach? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm not so sure about that. That's not his problem. Listen, I've listened to you and I've listened to Joey all, all, all this time. J.B., 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 J.B. His rotations, uh, like, uh, they're not great. 
But this man knows how to get a team involved and how to get a team bonded with each other. That's what we need. This is the time where when we don't have that all-star, like that great all-star, like a LeBron or Kyrie, we need everybody to get along. This team isn't just a two-man show or a three-man show like it was in 2016. Not saying that J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert and Tristan didn't didn't do their part because they 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 did. God bless those guys. They and Kevin Love. They greatest greatest time of my life. Anyway, this is where all five guys on the floor. They need to step up, and they need to get along, and they need to form this chemistry. This is a five-man team, I like to call it. This isn't your Golden State where it's Draymond, Steph, and Clay. This is your five-man, everybody has to contribute to win team. Is that a bad thing? No. Is it going to take some work, some gelling? Yes. Is JB the right guy? Maybe not, but for now, I think so. I want to transition for five minutes. I'm going to ask you this question to, to wrap up uh, this this portion of Brandon's world today, Jalen. Baseball. We know it's around the corner. I'm going to ask you this question now because I'm not going to have you on again, obviously, prior to the start of the season. I'm going to ask you about the rule changes because you know I'm a traditionalist when it comes to baseball. Um, this pitch clock thing, we'll see how it works. I don't want the bigger bases at all. I think it's stupid. Uh, I think banning the shift is banning strategy from the game. And I think baseball, it's not going to affect anything because they're not going to market their game. Uh, we'll see the pitch clock speeds, the pace of a little bit. It might, it might not. Um, but, I mean, MLB right now just feels like, I mean, I know spring training's right around the corner, but it just feels like a third distance between you know, NBA and the NFL. And then if you want to throw wrestling in there, it really feels like a fourth. Now, I'm telling you, casual viewers are not sitting down to watch tribe games. We do, me and you sit down and we we read stats because this is what we want to do for our, what you're doing for your job and what I want to pursue. So we have to pay attention to everything around us. But let's be, let's be real here. If, if, if we didn't love sports so much, if we didn't consume enough sports, enough basketball, football, and baseball to throw up, if we didn't love that feeling, would we really sit down and watch the, M- the MLB? No, I, I don't think so. And, like, you, you know, Jay, when I, I don't really – you know, I watch a little bit of in April, the first couple games, the Guardians, and then it's like, you know, if it's on on a Tuesday night or whatever, I'll watch them. But there's no way in hell I'm sitting there watching all 162 games. No. Unless it's playoff season. Then I'm tuned into every game. Exactly. Then you're tuned into freaking every pitch. Yeah. You you're not you're not you know, oh oh uh uh um Jose just hit a hit a hit a dinger to left field. Oh I'm 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 in there. I'm already I already know. Like I'm watching every single game. Like yeah. You, you know, I said, too, about the Yankee series, uh, we we may not have won game five, but that rain delay was bullshit, man. They should have played that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just, just your thoughts overall on the rule changes. I'll let you finish that. It's stupid. They say, they've said for years, if it ain't broke, 
don't fix it. It wasn't broke. Sure, your game's slow-paced, but you're not getting new viewers anyway. No ten to, no nine to ten year old kid is gonna sit down and watch baseball unless they are born that way. Like my my dad when I was born sat me in front of the TV with him on his lap and we watched NBA and football games. Same with you probably. Your 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 mom or dad sat you down and watched NBA and football. And we've consumed so much of it that it would make your average viewer so sick of everything, probably. But you're not – it's not – no one's going to be like, oh, wider bases. Oh, let me see what the – let me see what the Minnesota Twins are up to then. No no one's going to do that. No one's going to be like, oh, pitch clock. Can't wait for the game – for the 8 o'clock game to end at 2.45 in the morning because of extra innings. That pitch clock really helped. Like no one, no one's gonna, no one's yeah. gonna do that. No, oh, I agree. Shift now. Now it's going slower. I didn't mean to cut you off, but can't can't shift now. Can't can't strategize how how I'm gonna steal this base or what I'm gonna do because I can't shift now. Oh boy, so excited to watch baseball. Like, yeah. Uh, by the way, I admitted this publicly, Jalen. Uh, last year, or I, I think it was two years ago, because I didn't get MLB The Show 22. I got MLB The Show 21 when it finally came to Xbox. Uh, me and my brother were, were playing a game of MLB The Show just casually. And I, you know, we were doing the free random teams. And I got the Nationals. I clicked on the Nationals and I said, Who is this 96 overall Juan Soto guy? I legitimately didn't know who he was because baseball doesn't market their stars. I will tell you, I could probably, I can name the tribe. I can name majority of the tribe, but I can name some of the Yankees. I can name one player on the Phillies. I could probably name, uh, that's probably it. Let's, Let's be real here. Unless the new MLB The Show came out, uh, Jazz was on the cover. And I can name old players like David Ortiz and, and uh, obviously Ortiz. like your Nolans and, and the guys who made the game what it is. You guys like that. But Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper, that's, that's Mike it. Mike Trout. Ohio. Mike Trout. There you go. That's it. Um, yeah. No, I mean, you, you know, I think the Guardians are going to be a good team this year. Like, I, I think they'll be, you know, probably uh, AL Central champs, probably lose to Houston or the Yankees in the first round because baseball is not fair. Um, that being said, though, Jalen, like, we don't cover MLB nationally on my show like I do NFL. You know, you know, every single week here in Brands World, you know, 20 weeks a year. We're doing NFL picks. We're doing best bets, uh, you know, covering every single team. NBA, I get into more around this time of year. As soon as football season ends, you know, we'll talk a little national NBA stuff, you know, more specifically when the postseason comes around. Uh, but baseball, there's really almost no national exclusive talk unless there's a big trade deadline deal or, or the World Series. And it's all because baseball is a slow game. Yeah, I agree. But- 
Baseball is slow. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here today for Brains World. Jalen, thank you so much for joining me today. Now, Jalen is going to stick around, actually, for the next two podcasts because Jalen is going to help me play two games. It's going to be a theme week here on Brains World. You'll see the buy, sell, or hold on Thursday as well as fair or foul next Tuesday. Jalen, though, I appreciate you for coming on here today talking all things sports with me. Of course, man. It's always it's always fun to come on here and indulge in our conversation, whether it's wrestling, sports, or or whatever. But um, we we kind of grazed over the a topic that I wanted to ask you about before we wrap up here. If that's Ooh, okay, go ahead. So the Bray Wyatt situation. Oh, where 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 are we going with this? Listen, I, I love Bray. I love Firefly House Bray. I love the Fiend Bray. Bray is a very interesting character. Um, I don't know where we're going with it for WrestleMania, but I'm intrigued. What did you think of the Pitch Black match? That's the last thing I'm going to ask you. Listen, uh, it was something, right? It, it, <laughs> it was something. Uh, I'm very excited to see what the Cinnamon Toast Crunch match will be at WrestleMania 39. It's a Cinnamon Toast Crunch match now. Yes. What the hell are we doing? There is a sponsored Cinnamon Toast Crunch match that's going to be happening. Could be with Bray Wyatt as well. Who knows? Okay. All right. I said this about Bray. Bray got paid to come in and play with Uncle Howdy and wrestle sponsorship matches. Dude's living the dream at this point. All right. With that, Jalen, do you want to go ahead and shout out uh, any of your social media? Um, follow me on Instagram at jsamvic2005. A lot of rants on there. Uh, mainly about, as of now, the NBA. Um, shout out to Brandon for allowing me to uh, speak to you guys. Uh, it's always a pleasure coming on here. And uh, shout out to Brandon for his new company for getting getting picked up by the new organization. Voltage Live, indeed. We are in collaboration with Voltage Live. We are sponsored by Anchor. You already know you can follow me on Twitter at Lewis underscore seven. Follow the show at real underscore B World. We will see you guys on Thursday with buy, sell, or old, where Jalen's gonna ask me all those questions. I cannot wait. We'll see you then. And peace. peace.